0: Hi, welcome to the City View Phoenix podcast. We hope you enjoy today's message. It's the end of the world as we know it. That song, you know, I've been listening to that over and over and over again. It sort of gets annoying after a while. Um, I really annoyed everybody in the office as I played that on repeat. But the reality is people are fascinated with the end of all things. We, We have as a society, I don't know if you know this, but there have been over in the last 20 years, 15 years, there have been over 200 end of the world movies. And then I was looking at not just end-of-the-world movies, I started looking at zombie movies, because those are also end-of-the-world kind of movies. There have been over 700 zombie movies made. I hate zombie movies. I do not like them. Eating brains, I mean, if they're making fun of it or whatever, it's a little more light like Shaun of the Dead. Maybe I might watch that. But <clears throat> I'm not a huge fan of anything scary. And not only zombie movies, but there have been over 40 different zombie TV shows made in the past few years. Our world, we have this fascination of, of the end and apocalypse and, and things like that. You have movies like Resident Evil and all these movies about what would the end, what would society look like if everything shut down and if everything blew up, if there's this crazy thing that happened. We have this fascination with it. We joke, we enjoy. Some of us, we, I think we really wonder what would happen if the end of all things came. You know, this year has been a record year of craziness. This year, do you remember at the beginning of this year, the Australian fires, how Australia was on fire? That was this year, that was 2020. That wasn't years ago, that was this year. I know this year seems like it's been about five years piled into one, but that was this year, the Australian fires. Do you remember the, the, the plague of locusts in Africa? You, maybe you don't even remember it. Maybe it's such a lost memory. That was this year, that was 2020. And then we had COVID, COVID hit the world. And everybody starts panicking and worrying and COVID hit. And then then all of a sudden, a few months after COVID, then we had those killer wasps that came into the US that everybody was worried that all of a sudden our world is gonna be taken over by the wasps that you saw in Jumanji. And then after the killer wasps, then we had riots and there's hurricanes. And then now there's a comet that's coming towards the earth. And I know it's gonna miss us by a few miles, but if you listen to the news, it sounds like it's gonna hit us by inches. It's the end of the world as we know it, but I feel fine. You see, you have to make a choice. How do you feel? What, what are you doing? What is your mind? Where's your mind going in these things? And as I look at all this thing, these things going on, I'm, I'm going, come on, is this even real life? Is this, is this really happening? Is this, is this the time that I'm living in? So much has happened this year. Now, if you're not a Christian and, and maybe you're, you're watching and you don't believe in Jesus. You don't really believe in the Bible. And you look at all these things as just fate, chance, karma, coincidence. And th- that's fine. And maybe you're a Christian or, or whatever, and you look at it and you see all these things as God is in control and he's got this. Some things are super significant that have happened this year. Some are just a matter of, it just happened this year. Over the last few months, I have had many people ask me, Jeremiah, what do you think about these things? Do you think it's signs of the end of the times? Do you think these are signs that Jesus is going to come back soon? I've seen people post, and maybe you've seen it post on your social media, whatever it is, Facebook or whatever, and you've seen people share videos about the end of the world is coming. It can be easy to either not care and think it's never going to happen, Or we can get so focused and lost in it that we no longer are effective in the life we're living. See, here's what I want you to know. You don't have to live in fear of tomorrow when you know the one who's created it. You don't have to live in fear. You see, when Jesus is at the center of your life, he holds all things together. So you have to ask yourself, who's at the center? Who's holding my life together? You see, in all this, I think we've lost Jesus. We've lost Jesus when we look at life. We've lost Jesus when we look at our politics. We've lost Jesus when we look at relationships. And we've even lost Jesus when we look at the craziness of the end times and things that are happening. But when Jesus is at the center, he holds all things together. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you so much, God, for being in control, for not worrying, for not panicking, for never freaking out about anything that's going on. And Lord, I ask that you would hold us. Lord, allow us to feel your presence. And Lord, allow us to know, God, that you are in control. And Lord, for those of us, maybe we're freaking out. Maybe we're seeing everything that's going on and we, we believe in you or not. But God, we need a peace because we don't know what's going on. God, I ask that you bring peace. Lord, I pray for churches all over the valley today, God, that are either meeting in person or some are still online. God, I ask that you would just be very real to them. Lord, I pray for those churches that are in California that are just struggling, God, that are, they just feel like they're under a lot of persecution. God, I ask that you give them peace. Lord, speak to your pastors here in the valley, whether it's Bryson or Relentless, Preston over at Gateway, Ashley over at CCV, Mark at Calvary. God, asks ask that you speak to us at City View this morning, or today, in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, good morning. My name is, or whatever time of day you're watching this, my name is Jeremiah. I'm the pastor here at City View Church. And maybe you're new to church. Maybe you're new to this whole God, Christian, religion thing, and, and this is something new and different. You, you don't know really what to turn to or read in the Bible. You, maybe you've never even read it before. Maybe you've never even owned a Bible. Maybe you're watching this because somebody shared this video with you and, and you're watching because you're freaking out and they're like, you know what, maybe you should watch this today. I, I want, I, I'm i gonna share some things that if you've been a Christian for a long, if a person has been a Christian for a long time, they've heard these things. If you're newer to being a Christian, maybe these are new things to you. And if you are not a Christian at all and you don't know where you stand on faith, these are gonna be very new and possibly freak you out a bit. But you don't have to live in fear. You don't have to live in fear because Jesus is in control. Maybe he's not in control of your life right now. Maybe you feel like your life is spinning out of control, but Jesus wants to be at the center of your life because when he is, he holds it all together. He holds it. He's faithful and he's true. You see, in the Bible, God has laid out many truths for us to follow. He's laid out this guideline, like a roadmap for us so we can know the best ways to live. And God, throughout his scriptures and throughout the old, the Bible is divided into two parts, an Old Testament and a New Testament. Old Testament, all of those things are things that are are past, things that have already happened. But the Old Testament was before Jesus was born. In the Old Testament, God laid out over 300 prophecies. These are 300 future things that God says, the Messiah, the savior of the world, Jesus, my son, that he must accomplish or do before he's born and before he's dead, over 300 different prophecies all the way down from where Jesus would be born to where his parents would flee when he was persecuted, to how he would die, to who his mom would be, to what one of his best friends would do to him in betraying him. Over 300 different prophecies that Jesus answered. But not only did God speak about what would happen with the Messiah, the Savior, his son, Jesus, but God also spoke of things that would happen in history, like when Israel became a nation, and also things that would become in our future. God speaks to those things. And for some of us, the future is a scary thing. For others of us, it's confusing. And there are some that you you, you look forward to it with excitement. Now, as things have become a little more unsettled this year, I'm not going to lie, this year has been one of the craziest years I've ever experienced in my 42 years of life. I say 42 because my birthday, depending on when you watch this, if you watch this On Sunday, it was my birthday yesterday. If you're watching it on Saturday, it was my birth. It's my birthday, Saturday, October 3rd. So if you're wondering what can I get, Jeremiah, I don't know. You could give me a a Ford F-150 quad cab would be nice. But I mean, you you choose, you pick the color. If you're going to buy, I'll let you pick the color. But my 42 years of life, this has been the craziest year ever. I mean, I've quit my job before. I've quit my job a few times and didn't have a plan. I, I've seen crazy years, but this year has been crazy. And now as things have gotten a little more unsettled, I, I want to point out a few things that people have come and they've said, Pastor Jeremiah, wh- what, is, what is happening? Is, is this the future that God speaks of? Are these the prophecies? Are these the answers? It's so easy to get wrapped up in the future that we become no longer useful in the present. And I don't want us to be that way. I don't want us to be so wrapped up in things of the unknown. I want us to be wrapped up in the things that we know things of Jesus. Now, before I get there, I want to remind you of two things. Number one, you don't have to live in fear of tomorrow when you know the one who's created, when you know the one who's created it. You don't have to live in fear of it. The other thing is when Jesus is at the center of your life, remember he's holding all things together. So one of the first big questions I get about the end and about all the things happening is, is people are, are wondering it and maybe you're new to this whole Christian faith and you've never heard this term, maybe you've heard it and you didn't really realize it's a real thing. But there's this person that's gonna come named the Antichrist. The Antichrist is a person that's gonna be totally against God, totally anti, totally opposite of Jesus, the opposite of loving, the opposite of self-sacrificing, the opposite of being selfish, the opposite of who Jesus was. There's gonna be this guy named, and his name's not gonna be Antichrist because who, who would call themselves that? He's gonna have a normal name of some kind, but that's sort of gonna be what defines him. He's gonna be Antichrist. And, and what's crazy is almost anytime America gets a new president, people think that's the Antichrist. I remember when I remember when when Obama was elected president, people thought Obama's the Antichrist. When Trump became president, people thought people still think he's the antichrist. If Biden were to win, people think he's the antichrist. Let me just lay it out for you. No, they're not. People thought Hitler was the antichrist. He's not. The Bible is pretty clear on who the antichrist, at least what it's gonna look like and who he's gonna be. Romans chapter nine, verse 27, it speaks of how the antichrist is gonna be of Roman descent. He's not gonna be from America. He's not gonna be the president of the United States unless he's Roman descent. So you don't have to worry about that. For the Antichrist also, we know that he's going to be a Gentile. What is a Gentile? Maybe you're new and you don't understand some of these terms. Well, there's Jewish people and anybody who's not Jewish is considered a Gentile. I'm a Gentile. Most people are. So we know that the Antichrist is going to be of Gentile descent. That he's going to be, according to Revelation chapter 17, verses nine through 12. You can read those. I'm not going to read through them. But these passages speak of the beast, which will be the Antichrist. He's going to be a ruler. He's going to reign. So so we don't know who he is, but I just want to clarify who he's not. Hopefully that helps a little, that might cause you even more uproar. Email me, ask me questions if you want. Another question people get: Okay, Pastor Jeremiah, if they do come out with a vaccine, is, is that going to be the mark of the beast? And so maybe you're new to this whole Jesus and Christ thing. There's this thing that speaks about in the Bible. I'm going to get in more detail in just a second about this thing called the mark of the beast. And so Christians, you've been asking I- if I get the vaccine, is that the mark of the beast? Okay, there's that chip that that they're talking about that you can just scan your hand to get into rooms and get into buildings and all that kind of stuff. Is that the mark of the beast? I I remember uh, um, hearing about when I reading about when when the social security number or your social security number, whatever yours is, that when that first came out, people thought if I have a social security number, I just took the mark of the beast. And then when when the debit card first came out, all of your information was on this one card. People thought, is that the mark of the beast? Because it's in my right hand. I can hold it in my hand and people started freaking out. Okay, let let me tell you, the mark of the beast is not something you're going to take by accident. It's not going to be something that you're going to all of a sudden one day be, oh my gosh, I didn't know I did that. If I, if I would have known, I had time, no, it, it's very clear. The Bible's very clear on what it's not. It says in Roman revelation, chapter 13, verses 15 through 18 it says and it will be given to him to give birth to the image of the beast. So that the image of the beast would, would even speak and cause as many as as do not worship the image of the beast to be killed. So one of the things that we're going to know is worshiping the beast and taking the mark are going to be all one together. So taking the mark of the beast, whatever that is going to be, we don't know. We don't know exactly. But there's going to be an act of worship that goes alongside it. It's not going to be an accidental thing. It is going to be an act of worship thing. And it says, and he will cause all the small and the great and the rich and the poor and the free men and the slaves to be given a mark on their right hand or on their forehead. And this will, and this, and he, and he provides that no one will be able to buy or to sell except the one who has the mark. That's what we know. Is it going to be the vaccine? I don't know. I don't think so. What I do know is you will know and you don't have to fear it. You don't have to worry. You don't have to live in fear of these things. So many people are wrapped up in those things that you're no longer being effective today. Please don't. And the last thing that the last big sort of question people had was Jeremiah, but what about the peace treaty? This peace treaty that, that Trump was able to sign. I mean, isn't, doesn't that point out that maybe he is the Antichrist? And doesn't that point out that that is the ticking time bomb. It's peace in the Middle East and the Antichrist. It's so much different than that. That in Romans chapter, or not Romans, but in Daniel chapter 9, verses 26 through 27, it speaks of this. And it says in verse 27, and he, meaning the Antichrist, meaning the one that's gonna set up this peace, and says, and he will make a and he will make a firm covenant with the many for one week. But in the middle of that week, the week represents seven years. A week is seven days. And so that week is symbolic of seven years. And in the middle of that seven years, at the three and a half year mark, he will break that peace treaty. But we know that it's, it's the Antichrist. It's not this thing that Donald Trump set up. That's not what it is. Now, that, I know we can get caught up and so confused, but I want us to be able to focus on what's real and what we need to focus on now these are just a few things that I want you to know. There's so many more, but that's not the goal of today. The goal of today is we've lost Jesus and all of this. And how do we put him back at the center? How do we put Jesus back at the center of, of all the things that are going on? You see, I've heard it said, we don't want to be so heavenly minded that we're, uh, we're of no earthly good. And I think there are some Christians There's some people that are so heavenly minded, so focused on this one thing that they're no longer of any earthly good now. We don't want to be so wrapped up in that. We don't have much time here. You have 60, 70, 80, 90 years here on earth. We want to make the most of every minute that we have. So what should we do? What does it look like for us? How do we keep Jesus at the center when the world seems to be falling apart? Well, let's look at what Jesus says, because Jesus gives us some good guidelines. So if you would turn with me in math, to Matthew chapter 24, verse three, and now Matthew chapter 24, Jesus really lays out what the end looks like the end, the time that we're in now, which is, we're going to be looking at verses three through 14, I believe that's the time we're living in right now. That's the time Christians have been living in for a long time. It's this time period. And then in the rest of the chapter, Jesus lays out everything else that is to come. But we're going to focus on the time we're in right now. Matthew 24, verses 3 through 14. Jesus, it says, and as Jesus sat on the Mount of Olives, the disciples came to him privately saying, tell us, when will these things happen? And what will be the sign of your coming and the end of the age? And Jesus answered and he said to them, see to it that no one misleads you for many will come in my name saying I am the Christ and will mislead many and you will, and you will be hearing of wars and rumors of wars. See that you are not frightened for these things must take place, but that is not yet the end for nation will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom. And in various places there will be famines and earthquakes, but all these things are merely the beginning of birth pains. Then they will deliver you to tribulation and you will be killed and you'll be hated by all nations because of my name. At that time, many will fall away and and will betray one another and will hate one another. And many false prophets will arise and will mislead many because lawlessness is increased. Most people's loves will grow cold. Most people's love will grow cold, but the one who endures to the end, he will be saved. This gospel of the kingdom shall be preached in the whole world as a testimony to all nations, and then the end will come. Jesus here, he outlines what we are to look for and how we are to live. Jesus here, he gives us four warnings, four things to be cautious of in this passage. Here's the first one. Be careful not to be deceived. It's so easy to fall into a lie. It's so easy to believe a lie. I mean, right now, it's, everything is, is being fact-checked and false news and all those things. I mean, if you watch the debate, like you're wondering who's telling the truth and who's lying. It was, it was a train wreck. And, and everything is like, we have so much information coming at us now. You, it's so easy to get news. It's so easy to get multiple types of news. It's so easy to get information, but that means it's so easy to believe a lie. And Jesus says, be careful not to be deceived. Voices are trying to get our attention. Over the years, there have been many false messiahs. And that's specifically what Jesus is talking about right here. People that are trying to say they're the savior of the world. I mean, we had guys like Jim Jones. Maybe some of you are like, who in the world is that? Look him up. He's a crazy guy. You had David Koresh out in Waco. I watched that TV show. That was quite crazy. You had Charles Manson. He's still crazy. He's crazy. And yeah, then the list goes on. There's all these people who claim to be Jesus. You have people even now living today saying they are Jesus Christ see, here's the thing, you may not fall for that, but we fall for false saviors all the time. If we allow anyone else to be the center of our life, we're allowing them to take the place of our savior. Many of you, I'm sure right now, have something that is at the center, and that is your savior. Maybe it's your job. Your job has been that center, that savior, that thing that holds that stable place in your life, and that, that's like, that's your center. Maybe it's your money, it's your 401k, it's everything you've saved, it's everything you've done, it's your investments, it's, it's what you do, that, that's your center, that's your savior. Maybe it's that relationship that you're in. It's that person you're dating, that person you're married to, and that, that's your savior. That's your center, that's what holds your life together. And I, I can understand that, man, when, when, why, why, when my wife is gone for even a weekend, I went away last weekend and my wife had to stay back to write a paper. I can't tell you how many things I forgot coming home. I forgot most of my son Joel's clothes. They all stayed there. I forgot food that was still there. I I forgot lots, she holds my life together, but she's not my savior. She's not my savior, but it's easy to put somebody in the middle of that. And for many of us, maybe we're even looking for a president to be our savior. We've almost put that, that role, that job, that title as a savior for our nation. The president is not your savior. The savior, that job has already been taken. It's Jesus. He's the savior. Nothing and no one can fill the hole in your life. We all have this hole. We all have this desire for something to fill it. And we are constantly trying to fill it with something. And Jesus says, do not be deceived. Don't be deceived. Even those of you who follow Jesus, you have been deceived. There are things that you lie to yourself and you try to fill. Jesus is good, but Jesus isn't all you need. You think you need Jesus and. There's no Jesus and. We need just Jesus. Just Jesus. Only Jesus can satisfy what our soul so desires. And Jesus knew that. He knew that and he knew that there's going to be a world that's going to fight for our attention. And that's why he says, the first thing he says is, do not be deceived. Do not be misled. He said it twice. He used the word misled, deceived, led down the wrong way. Have you ever been led down a wrong path? I remember as a kid, my dad, we were camping and n- nothing against my dad, but I remember this. We were, we were camping with my dad and my brother, Josh and I, and we were in the woods and we could see the lake from the top of the mountain that we were on. We could see the lake right down there in the valley. And so my dad, we were like, Hey dad, let's go through the woods. So there's a path to the right or there's the wood straight in front of us. And so the thought is, well, if we just go straight through the woods, it's going to lead us right to the lake because we could see it. Well, so my dad takes us and what happens my dad loving He loves us, but never lead us into danger on purpose. Where we go and at some point in our walk, we turn just a little bit off course. And all of a sudden now we're lost. He's lost with two little boys. I was probably seven, eight. My brother Josh is probably six or seven. He's got two little boys lost in the woods. He misled us. It's easy to be misled. So my dad had to take us to a high point He saw where the lake was, and then he set a straight path to get exactly to where we need to go. You see, only Jesus can be that straight path. Only Jesus can be the one that leads us to where we need to go. If Jesus isn't at your center, then you will be misled, and you will end up somewhere where you never want to be. That's why Jesus' first thing, he says, be careful. Don't be misled. The second thing, Jesus warns, and he says, hard times are going to come. He says, hard times are going to come in Matthew chapter 24, verses 6 through He says, you will be hearing of wars and rumors of wars. See that you are not frightened for those things must take place. But that is not yet the end for nation will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom and various places. There will be famines and earthquakes, but all these things are merely the beginning of birth pangs. Fear is a super strong emotion. If we let fear control us, it will lead us down a dark path. And Jesus says, see that you are not frightened. Jesus says in John chapter 14, verse 27, he says, peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you, not as the world gives it to you. Do not let your hearts be troubled, nor let it be fearful. Jesus warns that there will be wars and rumors of wars, that nation's going to rise up against nation, that famines and earthquakes will happen. Look, look at the times we're living in now. There's been more earthquakes now than in the times of, of before. There are more famines. There are more of these wars and rumors of wars happening. And we're going to see that. And Jesus says, these are merely birth pains. Now, what does he mean by that? Well, for those of you who maybe you've never had kids or you're young and you don't know, there are these things called Braxton Hicks. Braxton Hicks contractions happen before your baby is born. I remember before Judah, our oldest was born, Laramie had a ton of them. And it's these contractions that happen. That are, they're getting your body ready. They're pre before the baby. I asked Larry, I go, why do these happen? She said, well, for many reasons. It could be because you're overly tired, because you've been doing too much, you've been too active, you're not drinking enough water, your body is under a lot of stress. Our world is tired. Our world is under a lot of stress. Our world is worn out. And Paul tells us in Romans that the world is crying out in pain, desiring for its Savior. Our world itself, the earth, desires for the creator of all things to come and make things right again. And and so Jesus says, these things that are happening, they're just the beginning. They're not the end. It's the beginning of it. So as we hear more rumors and wars and all these things, it's not the end. It's the beginning. These things have been happening from the beginning. From, from the moment Jesus went to heaven, these things have been happening. But Jesus, why is he so vague though, Jeremiah? Why, why does it, it, it seems like we should be so much closer to the end. And I agree. I, I wish I knew. I wish I had a time. But why is Jesus so vague? And I, I think the reason why God is, and Jesus are so vague in scripture on when that time is coming, because God wants every age, every believer at every age to have a reason to be ready for Jesus to return at any moment. You see the timeline of of when Jesus went to heaven after he died and the timeline of Jesus coming back, they're running parallel. It's not this time, it's not this thing of of Jesus coming down, it's just a matter of the meeting. They're running parallel. Jesus could come back at any moment and God wants his people to be ready so that when Jesus comes back, we're living ready. Many of us were not. We're living sort of here instead of living now. Remember, Christians, Jesus says hard times are gonna come. Christians are not saved from trials. We are saved through trials. Being in hard times is just part of, of what we do. When we go through these hard times, it's, we gotta remember that Jesus is there. Re- remember this, you don't have to live in fear of tomorrow. When you know the one who created it, when Jesus is at the center of your life, he holds all things together. we got to remember those things. The third thing Jesus warns about is followers of Jesus will be persecuted. So not only will there be hard times on earth, but there's going to be a persecution. Now, some of you, maybe you're not a Christian. You're sitting here thinking, why in the world would anybody Ever want to be a Christian? Jeremiah, that doesn't sound fun. And maybe some of you are Christians, you're like, Jeremiah, no, we just got to talk about grace and love and all this. Jesus didn't. Jesus was real with people. Jesus was very real. So I'm going to be real with you. For those of you who are wondering why in the world would anybody want to be a Christian, I'm going to tell you in just a minute. For those of you who are going, Jeremiah, why are you talking doom and gloom? Because the, the reality is we as believers, we need to live like Jesus could come back at any moment. And we need to live that life today because we have friends and family who don't know Jesus and I'd hate for any of them to never find out that he loves them. And it'd be my fault that I didn't share it. So Jesus tells us this, he says, followers of Jesus will be persecuted. He says in Matthew chapter 24, verses nine and 10, then they will deliver you to tribulation and they will kill you and you will be hated by all nations because of my name. And at that time, many will fall away and will betray one another and hate one another. And Jesus, in the same way, Jesus speaks to the same topic in Mark chapter 13, verses nine through 13. Jesus says, but be on your guard for they do- will deliver you to the courts and you will be flogged, meaning whipped in the sin of And you will stand before governors and kings for my sake as a testimony. And then Jesus says this, but the gospel must first be preached to all nations. That's Jesus throughout all of these things. As Jesus is talking about the end, he says, but the gospel must be preached. Don't be distracted by all these things. The gospel must be, must be preached. Many of us, we've been distracted by so many of these things happening. The gospel must be preached, Jesus said. He says, when you are arrested or handed over, don't worry about what will happen. Sometimes we can worry, but but will I be able to stand? Will I be able to do this? He says, at that time, the words will be given to you by the Holy Spirit. He says in verse 12, brother will betray brother, father against child, child that will rise up against parents and even put them to death. You will be hated by all because of my name. But the one who deserves, but the one who endures to the end, he will be saved. It's so easy to be comfortable. As believers in Jesus here in America, we've been pretty comfortable. We've had it pretty easy, you know, and I I read this brother against brother Who, who, what brother would go against a brother? What father would go against a child? Who would do that? Man, looking at this whole COVID time and seeing how much people freaked out about a mask, whether you wore one or not, the fights that you saw on social media of somebody yelling at somebody else um, because they didn't wear one in a store, the neighbors tattling on each other because they're having friends over, all those things happen. I can see how this is gonna happen one day. I can see how there's gonna be such animosity that if a church opens its doors and people start to worship God, how somebody is gonna go tattle on them. I can see that happening. Can you see it now? Can you see it? As Christians, we need to get comfortable with the uncomfortable. We do. We need to really come to this understanding. Bad things are going to happen someday, but we don't have to focus on that we got to focus on Jesus. Jesus said the gospel must go forth. You don't have to live in fear of tomorrow when you know the one who created it. Jesus created you tomorrow. He's in your today. He's got your life in his hands. He's not worried about it. When Jesus is at the center of your life, he holds all things together. They will hate you. That's the reality. There's no way of sugarcoating what this life is going to look like. Persecution. We live in America. We don't have to see that. But man, I have pastor friends in India and they experience it every day single day. It's just part of life. They're not freaking out going, is this the end? They're freaking out going, do my friends know that Jesus loves them? And the last thing Jesus says follows Jesus will be tempted. Matthew chapter 24, verse 11, he says, many false prophets will arise and will mislead many because lawlessness is increased. Most people's love will go cold. Here's what's going to happen. We will be tempted to quit. We will be tempted to compromise. We will be tempted to accept and tolerate sin. We will be tempted to go with culture and go against Jesus. We will be tempted to change the message of the gospel to fit the culture of today. And Jesus says, be careful, be on your guard. This is sort of scary. When you think about friends and family that could one day say, you know, I'm just not going to have that anymore. I'm not going to live that way anymore. It happened to one of Paul and, in 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 10. It happened to one of Paul's best friends. It says, For Demas, having loved this present world, deserted me. And I'm sure some of you know those people in your life that they've said, you know, I just don't want this Jesus thing anymore. And they've deserted God. None of us are above that, but the only way we can keep far away from that is keeping Jesus at the center of our life. Some of you may be sitting here thinking, why in the world would anybody ever want to be a Christian? I get it. I look at these things. I read Matthew chapter, and I've been reading a lot of so many things that that I didn't even get to share today. So many things like, man, why would anybody who doesn't believe in Jesus right now, what would make them want to believe Jesus now? Because this is crazy stuff. This is weird stuff. This is out of this world. This is some kind of sci-fi, crazy, end of the world kind of stuff. So Why? Here's why. Jesus said this. He says, the gospel must be preached. In Mark, he said that. In Matthew, Jesus says, this gospel of the kingdom shall be preached to the whole world. So why? So why would anybody want to believe this? Because of the gospel. You may be thinking, what in the world is the gospel? The gospel is what changed everything gospel is what changed my life. The gospel is what's changed many lives of the people at City View Church. The gospel, the word gospel, it's just a nice word, biblical word for the word good news. You might think, well, what's the good news? Because I haven't heard good news. I haven't heard any good news lately. All, All I know is people have died. All I've heard is, you know, we got all these rules about everything we're supposed to do. uh, The only news I heard is that there was a debate and it was crazy and people just yelled and called each other names. That's what good news could you possibly talk about? Here's the good news. The good news is that Jesus, the son of God, left heaven, came to earth. The good news is that Jesus came to earth and he lived a perfect life. The good news is that Jesus, he died a sinner's death on the cross. A cross is a, a big wooden beam. You've probably seen them at churches, but those are real things that Jesus really did die on. And what they would do is they would place a person, they would put a nail in the wrists of a person right here, and they would put a nail in his feet, and the person would end up dying of suffocation as they were beat and as they were on this cross. Jesus died that cross, not because of anything wrong he did, but because of everything wrong I've done and you've done He did that so that our sins might be forgiven. So that our sins might be forgiven. He did it for you and He did it for me. He did it so that we could be forgiven of our sins. We could be forgiven of our guilt. We could be forgiven of our shame so that we could be set free from the weight of the sin and consequences of what we have. Have you ever felt that weight? The other day, my son asked me, he said, Dad, what is guilt? I said, you know that feeling when you do something wrong and it really hurts you on the inside when you've hurt mommy and daddy? He said, yeah, because I knew in that moment he was feeling guilty for something he had done. I said, Jesus wants to take that from you. He wants to forgive you. And maybe some of you, it's that thing that keeps you up at night. It's that thing that keeps you from going for that next job, going for that promotion. It's, it's, that, it's that feeling inside you that says, I don't deserve anybody better. It's that feeling that says, I could never be a better dad. I know what I've done. It, it's that guilt. And Jesus says, I want to set you free. I want to set you free. That is why. I'm okay with all this because Jesus set me free from all of that stuff. That's why when I look at all those things, you go, why would anybody ever want to be a Christian because of all that? Look, at that's a crazy life that you're willing to accept. The thing is, I'm set free from guilt and shame. I could either carry the burden of guilt and shame, which is so much heavier. Because the reality is, Jesus holds my life in my hands. And this earth is not my final destination. This isn't my final spot. I will live and I will die, but one day I will be with Jesus in heaven because heaven is a real place. You see, your final spot's not here on earth either. This isn't your final resting place. There's an eternity for you. An eternity, whether it's in heaven or whether it's in hell, there's an eternity awaiting you. And who you believe and who you you have at the center of your life is going to determine where you go. If Jesus isn't at the center, then your, your, your eternity is, is determined and it will be in hell. You may have a nice life here, but your eternity will be terrible. You see, I'm okay with going through a hard time here because my eternity will be in heaven. So what's going on with you? Where do you stand? Do you realize that there's a God in heaven who loves you with every bit of love possible, that wants to set you free from your guilt and shame, Do you know that? I'm going to give you an opportunity to to be set free from those things in just a minute. Now, I want to speak to you, Christians, right now. And I want to ask you, what are you doing? What are you doing? For those of you who believe in Jesus, you don't have much time here on earth. So, what are you doing? Are you investing only in now, or are you investing in eternity? What are you investing your time, your heart, your energy? And you see, I don't want to waste a moment of my life. I don't. I don't want to one day be on my deathbed going, I wish I would have done more for the things that mattered. I don't want to watch another friend die and say, I wish I would have shared Jesus with them. I don't want to do that. We don't have much time. We need to be sharing the message of God's love with our friends, our family, our neighbors, every minute of every day. We can either sit and wait for the return of Jesus, or we can jump into action now and share Jesus. You have a choice. So many of us are sitting on the sidelines, watching the game being played, waiting for our number to be called, but forgetting that our number got called a long time ago. The end of all things shouldn't make us live in fear, but it should make us live with urgency, knowing that we've got to share Jesus. Jesus said, the gospel must be preached. We should be living knowing that people need to know the truth. Jesus said, heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will not. You don't have to live in fear of tomorrow when you know the one who who created it. When Jesus is at the center of your life, he holds all things together. So don't waste your time. Don't waste any more time. Get into action. What does that look like for you? Maybe it's, it's sharing Jesus with that coworker that you have. Maybe that's what it is. It's sharing Jesus with that person that you go to the gym with, that you're always working out with. And they've been telling you, my marriage is falling apart. I don't know what to do. And they've been sharing with you all those things. And you know, you know what? I've got to share. I can't, I can't not share Jesus. Maybe it's inviting that friend, that family member. Maybe it's just inviting them to church. Maybe that's your next step. It's inviting them to church. Maybe your next step is getting involved. It's serving on a team. Maybe your next step is being a part of what City View is doing. Be it a part of our mission of of helping people belong in community, believe in Jesus, and becoming who God's calling them to be. Maybe your next step is investing in that mission. Maybe your next step today, you're watching this, and it's Saturday night. You're sitting there going, I'm a believer. I, I follow Jesus with my life. Maybe your next step is baptism. If you're watching this, Saturday night, come tomorrow. Call City View Church. Say, I want to be baptized. Maybe it's, 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 Maybe you're watching this and it's Tuesday morning. You're watching this going, man, that's my next step. Maybe your next step is getting baptized, saying, you know what, world? I believe in Jesus and I'm going to follow him with my life. I don't know what your next step is. But stop sitting and make your move. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you so much, Lord, for today. God, I ask. Lord, wherever we're at, whatever we're doing, Lord, that we'd make that next step to follow you. And if you have never given your life to Jesus, I want to lead you in a prayer right now. Pray with me. If if you're going, you know what? I, I I want to be forgiven. I want to be set free of my guilt and shame. Pray with me. Say, dear God, forgive me. God, I want to be set free of the guilt and shame that's so holding me down. I want to have that weight lifted off. I believe that your son Jesus died on the cross. God, I don't know what this life looks like. I don't even know how to do it. But God, I believe that Jesus died so that I might be forgiven. So thank you for loving me in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, God bless you guys. Hope you have a great week. Catch you later. Thanks for listening. For more information, check out our website at cityviewphx.com or download the CityView app on the App Store.